0: You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling.
1: Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone.
2: one 800 060 or visit horseandhound.com.au. About to get clear air on the sprint lane, too. Rockin' with Attitude leading. Kyvelle Amanda, I Dream of Million. then Azara. Kaivelli Amanda broke under pressure, so
3: left nicely clear Rockin' with Attitude. And Rockin' with Attitude goes all of the way. Wins the first hit of the three year old trotting Phillies. Vic Brad beats I Dream. Yeah,
1: Rockin' with Attitude, just one of many, many promising horses running at this massive meeting at Melton on Saturday night. All Group 1 races. Emma Stewart's got a strand. Hold on some of them as you'd expect, I suppose. Uh, Chris Barsby joins us. Good morning, Chris.
2: Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, 12 races, all group ones. And you speak about Emma Stewart. She won nine of the 12 races last Saturday night, the semi finals. So, what can she uh, achieve this Saturday night? Time will tell, but I uh, Unbelievable performance last week.
1: Yeah, some of the horses going around of hers at short odds. I think Storm Rider's about a dollar fifty five. Joyful's about three sixty. Draw a dream one seventy. Petrarca one thirty. She's got a more vita one forty five. Rockin' with attitude, that's David Miles, isn't it? One fifty-five. And one of the last is the Purden. So she's got quite a few shorties, but the shortest of them, Chris is Petrarca, one thirty, who's chasing three in a row.
2: Yeah, he looked awesome taking out his semi-final last uh, Saturday night as well, Steve. He put a gap on his rivals, so he's uh, naturally at short odds, as you outline. but uh, just a really strong hold in so many of these finals. Like, you look how many she's got qualified for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings final. There's a stack of them there, uh, even in the three-year-old Phillies final. And the two-year-old Phillies final, she may have unearthed one last week. Draw a dream. Three starts, three victories. First up last week and absolutely obliterated them. Uh, Karen Manning took the drive on that filly last week and uh, she's going to start uh, as one of the key runners in that uh, seventh race. That's the two-year-old fillies final. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how many go on and do the job.
1: Just with Captain Ravishing, we mentioned that Stewart. He was terrific in first up in that race, showing a lot of gate speed and battling on in the Tab Eureka. Any idea when he may run again, Chris? Uh, they've nominated him for
2: New Zealand as far as the Cup is concerned, so I'm expecting that there might be a chance that he could go around in a race like the Mirabara Cup or even the Kilmore Cup which is fast approaching. The Victoria Cup is not all that far away, in fact it's about a month away, so uh, there's a number of options uh, forthcoming, but uh, they've thrown in a nomination for the New Zealand Cup so they're keen to get him over there. So. That's, uh, that's going to be interesting to see how he goes. Stan two miles, but uh, judging on how he performed in that Eureka race, uh, he's certainly going to be an X-factor horse. There's no question about that. Mm.
1: Just a question that I want you to answer for me tomorrow when you do a bit more research, but I'm just wondering with all those group ones on Saturday night, how many group ones are there total in Australian harness racing per year? Seems an extraordinary amount of them.
2: Yeah, well, given all the uh, the futurity races that we have, there, there is a number. I know recently uh, we had an increase uh, as far as prize money and the cutoff, what they've got to be worth to be uh, considered a Group 1 race. So I know a few sort of missed out because of that increased uh, uh, elevation with prize money. So we'll get on to that. Darren Clayton will probably have to uh, help me out mm. there with uh, finding out how many Group 1 races that we do stage each and every year. But uh, you're right, there is
1: quite a few. Yeah, certainly a lot more than the Thoroughbreds. Well, the inner dominion Chris, we're counting the days down until this massive series at the Creek in December. David Bricks with us from Racing Queensland. David,
0: good morning. G'day, Chris. Uh, good to join you. Any chance you can get the tracker to turn up a night earlier at Melton on Friday <laughs> night, that'd be good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you're not a Demon supporter, surely?
0: No, no, I'm a Carlton man. I, I'm, I'd oh. much rather be at Melton than, uh, than the MCG. But anyway. nope. Good luck That's to
2: the that... horse yeah absolutely absolutely hey let's talk about the summer carnival which includes id23 and as we know it's fast approaching the inter-dominion december 1 through to 16 but as far as the summer carnival in queensland is concerned it's not all that far away it officially kicks on uh kicks off on november 4 and we're going to play host to a lot of feature racing between november and christmas time
0: yeah, absolutely, Chris. Uh, ordinarily, uh, we've sort of got that early November slot, as you indicated, with races such as the bigger Johnny Sprint and the Queensland Cup. So, they'll certainly be taking uh, place this year, but somewhat uh, form as lead-up races to, uh, to the all-important uh approximately a month after that. So, yeah, no, really looking forward to that, that two-month period or six-week period. going to be uh, fast and furious, and it's coming up pretty quick.
2: All right, well, let's focus firstly on the Inter Dominion series. First time being staged back in Queensland since 2009, first time at Albion Park since 2001. Now, a couple of key dates that owners and and trainers have got to be mindful of. Just as far as the nomination uh, date is concerned, when is the deadline for that series?
0: Yeah, that's coming up. It's Monday week, so the 25th of September at 12 o'clock with, uh, with our racing team. Uh, noms can be taken now or uh, either within the office or certainly via Harness Web. So all that's set up and ready to go. Um, there's already currently around about 20-odd horses, nom for the pacing series, and 14 for the Trotters at this stage last check. So uh, they're flowing in, but uh, certainly looking forward to, to more over the coming weeks. But the 25th of November, that's the deadline.
2: OK, the so Monday today. week. Just, just on that, is is there an initial fee that uh, Connections have got to pay or not?
0: No, there's no initial fee, no non-fee for, for either series. Uh, the first acceptance kicks in uh, the 23rd of October. So uh, from that point of view, I'd certainly encourage people to nominate. Uh, even if they're sort of unsure at this stage, uh, they can withdraw their nomination prior to that acceptance time and there's no cost. But, uh, yeah, um, no fee at this point in time
2: okay have you set yourself a, a figure that uh, that you're looking at as far as overall nominations for both series uh paces and trotters just looking back at last year it was staged in melbourne i think they had 82 paces normed and about 69 trotters are you hoping for something similar yeah look i think
0: so i mean look obviously uh volume of courses and, and probably from a trotting point of view i think you know, realistically, we'd, if we got to that level, it'd be a really good result. But uh, we, from a trotting series point of view, we, we have... Uh, certainly publicly stated that we'll be running two uh, heat to that uh, sorry, a, a series of 24 trotters as opposed to 36 as they did in Victoria. Um, but just on the basis that we don't have a volume of trotters here. but So, I, look, I'd probably expect that we probably won't get quite as high from a, a trotting point of view in terms of total norms, but certainly from a pacing point of view that 80 to 90 mark can certainly be be something we'd like to be able to achieve, uh, noting that is going to be some attrition rate, but uh, as you said, there's no Fee for nominating and so those that are contemplating it. So now it's the time to nom and can review that over the, the following four weeks.
2: Okay, so set it up for us then. With the paces, we're going to have that traditional format three heats and a final but with the Trotters we're going with two heats so three rounds of two heats and a final as well.
0: Yeah, so probably just one small adaptation of that. So the Friday night will be the, the first round and the 1st of December will be all the, uh, the mile or the 1660 metre races. And they're split up a bit differently. Just given the, uh, I guess, the reliance on barrier draw, particularly over that shorter distance, uh, there'll be four heats of pacing heats, so four four heats of nine. And for the trotters, there'll be three heats of eight and the emergencies will be in um, on the, that first night. So if there are any emergencies, we can... Uh, required uh, we can fill those fields following that then they'll fall into uh three heats for the paces and two heats for the trotters for the for the last two rounds of heats. so yeah. we've just split it up that slight bit different mainly from the the mild start we just felt uh in fairness it was a, a a better uh field size um to give horses every chance to, to earn points in that
2: first round yeah it sets up a very competitive racing doing it that way though
0: yeah, we think so. We think it sort of hopefully spreads it out a bit um, and, and does that. Uh, we'll also be ensuring that the draws for the following heats are done after the, each each round. Uh, again, just uh, means that the trainers won't have a, an indication as to what they draw in the next round. So um you know obviously uh if you knew you were drawing a better, better gate in the next round you may decide to uh to uh go for a drive for luck or the like whereas uh, if they don't know that then um they've obviously got a it on
2: its merits okay tell me about these golden tickets we've seen these golden tickets in in recent series whether they've been they've been staged in in victoria or new south wales uh, are you going to adopt the golden tickets and uh, what races are involved with these golden tickets
0: Yes, we are. So the, the start of the Eureka was the first one of that from the uh, Pacers point of view. So when Cypher obviously uh, takes that golden ticket. Uh, then there's others that are across Australia and New Zealand. So the James Brennan Memorial in uh, WA Gloucester Park, the Gilmore Cup in Victoria, the Battle of Basheba at Menangle, our own Queensland Cup, and also the Kaikoura Cup over in New Zealand. Uh, and then uh, from the Trotters point of view, the Australasian Trotters Championship, Gilmore, Trotting Cup, Tony McGraw Cup at and um, our spring sprint here in uh, November, and the Kaikoura Trotting Cup at uh, Freefield, there as well. So we tried to spread that around, uh, gave some additional promotion and opportunities for horses to be able to uh, to collect those tickets and basically jump up to the the, uh, the top of uh, the rankings. Um, yeah, so obviously there'll be other horses, uh, additional aspects of the ranking order in terms of Group 1 winners and, and, and last year's winner as well. Uh, but uh, the, the uh, golden ticket winners uh, jump up to the top as well.
2: Okay. Uh, just speaking of defending champions, we're looking at I Can't Snow Shadow and Just Believe. Are you hoping to have both nominated for this year's series?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Lorinda uh, Greg, Sugars at uh, Manangle the other week. And uh, yes, yeah, it sort of certainly indicated that that was the intent to be up here with uh, with just Believe. So uh, he settled back in well uh, to the property, I believe. Now after his uh, his great performances overseas, so uh, hopefully um, we'll certainly see him in the noms and, and see him up here in, in December.
2: Okay. And as far as the Queensland star is concerned, leap to fame. Uh, there's every indication that he's going to be nominated for the series.
0: Yeah, that's certainly, as we understand it, it being a home series would be one that uh, I'm sure both uh, trainer and owner would love to win, uh, particularly the last one, at Albion Park. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, certainly from a a promotional point of view, uh, people will see uh, uh, the horse front and centre in in
1: that marketing material. So we're certainly hopeful that he'll be there and all indications are that'll be the case. You mentioned marketing material. Great idea to have the cans of beer with Leap to Fame on the front. Yeah, that was an initiative of the club, and um, so you know, kudos to
0: them. Another way of just being able to get that brand and, and information out there around the date. So we'll certainly be uh, ramping up that promotion over the coming weeks. Certainly the, uh, the initial promotion will be trying to get as good a horse as we can there because they're obviously the main draw card, so we'll fill up those noms and uh, then post that. There'll be further announcements and information uh, regarding dining and uh, and the social events as well around the, uh, the great event that it is.
2: David, we were talking earlier, Steve and I, about the dominance of Emma Stewart. It's in, in full force at the moment. We're going to see it on Saturday night again. She picked up nine of the 12 races last weekend. You mentioned one of the golden ticket races was the Eureka. Emma trains in sight for the winner. Uh, and just thinking back to last year's series, she absolutely dominated throughout the heats. So she came up a little short in the final, but Are you expecting strong numbers from Emma Stewart? She was here for our Constellations recently, but do you think there'll be a fair few nominated from her stable?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think when you look at those horses that went around in the Dominion last year and performed so well, your Acnows, Horlour Bays, Macbeth and the likes, um, uh, I'm sure that that would be on the radar for a number of those horses. Uh, I think to some degree, from our perspective, the movement of the Vic Bird series out of December helps with that just because of the, the strength of her team. It was probably a little bit of a concern from our end that, um, you know, obviously that would be as a, as always a priority of, of hers, just given the number of horses that she has in that series. So um, that coming out of December. Uh, and moving into September, I think certainly aids uh, getting uh, and they're stable here, and, and hopefully, in, you know, in, in a significant number of them as well. Because as you said, that good quality horses and would certainly add to the um, to the depth in the series.
2: All right. The other thing, uh, we know that the, uh, the, the feature race calendar is absolutely stacked at the back end of the year. Most are trying to, you know, get involved with the better weather, and that's understandable. But just with Perth and New Zealand, they've got feature races, uh, you know, give or take around the same time as the Inter-Dominion, a couple of weeks before or after. Um, are you expecting nominations to come from, from both jurisdictions, both from the West and New Zealand?
0: Funnily enough, there's a couple of WA trotters already in the noms for the trotters. That was probably one we didn't expect. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, uh, look, yeah, we've certainly, as you said, we've, we've certainly put the uh, the James Brennan in there as a golden ticket race. Um, we'd love to see some WA horses over here. We um, obviously saw a magnificent storm during our carnival, um, you know, when he performed well. Um, so, uh, you know, let's hope that they do. I think mean, the Dominions are a series for across Australasia and we'd love to see horses from all those jurisdictions there. From a the New Zealand aspect uh, again, you know, they, when they, uh, there was a number of their horses that went over and competed in the, the Western Australian series um, post the New Zealand Cup um, and uh, you know, Lazarus and Smolder when they won races over there competed in the New Zealand Cup prior to that and we did push the series back sort of a week this year um, just the way that the calendar falls with you know, the New Zealand Cup being a little bit later, or at um, around the 14th or somewhere thereabouts, we did push it back to try and give them as much possible, chance as possible to be able to come over post that. But as I said, they, they certainly were able to do that and got to WA uh, following the New Zealand Cup and, and were competitive there in, in the Western Australians and the not that long ago. So we're certainly pushing it there and, and hoping that we get some New Zealand
2: interest for sure. All right. And, and there is guaranteed minimum prize money for this series as well.
0: Yeah, that was an initiative we thought just to um, help with the, the costs of, of transporting horses here and obviously the horses that, that are stable or, or training in and are also entitled to that as well. So yeah, we wanted as strong a stronger series as we can um, and, and, and one of the aspects of the series is that it is about the, uh, the horse and getting through the two weeks, but um, that comes with some, some costs along transport, but of course accommodation and, as well for participants. So um, we hope in some way or for, some shape or form that that, uh, that helps uh, participants yeah, make the decision to, to nominate a horse and, and stay within the norms, uh, you know, to help, help uh, with those costs that they'll, they'll incur throughout the series.
2: Right. Earlier this year, Racing Queensland, we're chasing an event coordinator for the Inter-Dominion. Has that role been filled?
0: Uh, we've filled that internally within our queue, so we're working through that and, uh, and working with the club. So we've been able to, I guess, shovel the deck cards a little bit there and, and been able to use some internal resources to fill that. And we're well underway to uh, to executing the, the, uh, the event, which you know, we're all looking forward to, and certainly it'll uh, take up some of my hours as well.
2: All right. Uh, The other thing, uh, and it was sort of touted throughout the Constellations, that in many ways that was a a little bit of a dress rehearsal rehearsal for what we've got forthcoming with the Inter-Dominion series. Were you happy with the Constellations and uh, do you feel confident that everything's in place for a really strong series?
0: Yeah, look, from a Constellations point of view, it continues to build year on year. Uh, as an event, and uh, the racing schedule and, and the quality of horse that we, we get there and, and the interest we get. Uh, I think there were certain aspects that I think you're right in terms of probably more from an on course perspective that we were able to, so it was great that we were able to get some, uh, you know consistently build the crowds throughout the constell- constellations, um, you know, help by the fact that, you know, Leap to Fame's formed throughout there, brought um, a number of people through the gates. So I think that has sort of helped us in the club sort of, uh, you know, stretch it a bit. There's going to be some more stretch, certainly from an Inter-Dominion point of view, and there'll be some venue changes to help accommodate the, the crowd, because there certainly hasn't been a crowd of, of, I guess, what we expect for the Inter-Dominion. Uh, in in recent times, so we're going to have to make some venue changes in in conjunction with the club and the stakeholders there, just to make sure we can appropriately accommodate people and parking and the like, so that that works well underway and we're comfortable to where that sits at the moment.
2: Right. I don't want to jump the gun, but is there a possibility that there's going to be free to air coverage of the Inter-Dominion Series this year?
0: Free-to-air coverage at this stage, probably unlikely, but uh, certainly looking down the track of um, uh, STC coverage, again, similar our Constellations, and that did provide us with an opportunity um, through the Constellations to trial that. So that's where uh, I guess our showcase broadcast coverage um, is heading at
2: this point in time. Okay, excellent. So everything's uh, working along nicely. That key date is Monday week, so that's September 25. That's where people have got to nominate for the series.
0: Yep, that's right. That's uh, the, the priority at this point in time. Obviously, as I said, the horse is the is the main draw card for the series. So we want as, as good and as strong as norms as we can get. So uh, yeah, encourage uh, participants and those local and abroad to to nominate by that deadline of September 25. And, uh, and then we look forward to uh, publishing both those nominations, but then also the all-important all rankings uh, a couple of days after that.
2: OK, so it starts on a Friday night, then we move to a Tuesday night. Last round of heat's a Saturday night, the final the following Saturday.
0: That's it, yeah. So we're uh, really looking forward to that over that uh, fortnight. And, um, yeah, we will certainly find out it's it's, uh, it's a bit of a grueling test, but uh, yeah, it certainly displays the, the great qualities of our standard bred horses. So yeah, no, we're looking forward to the series and, and the social activities with it.
2: Okay, well that's excellent news. So ID23 fast approaching, uh, not all that far away, December 1 that series starts but keeping in mind the big summer carnival officially gets underway November 4 so there's a number of features scheduled for that night including the Be Good Johnny Sprint, uh, the Peak of the Creek, the Queen of the Creek, there's a number of QBred features that night and it rolls right through right up until December 23. David, as you said, the Constellations was terrific this year, no question about it. We've had some um, unsettling times since the the Constellations about what the future holds, and I'm sure Steve's got a number of questions for you, but is there an update for the industry on on what's happening with with Albion Park moving forward? Yeah, I think
0: at this point in time, the, the key part, I guess, from our point of view is well aware of some of those concerns that the industry has. So we're working really hard with government. In terms of limiting any of the impact of moving from Albion to Norwell, uh, clearly Norwell's a really good project for the industry and one we're working hard. And there's a, seem to be some announcement around Norwell in terms of uh, where that process is at probably in the next fortnight. Within the next uh, week to 10 days, uh, we've got a, a ball certainly by the end of September, We've got to submit our MID um, application to the government, which uh, effectively sets in, in place the the, uh, the approval process for the project. So it's really important and um, a great milestone for the project. And as part of that, there's been a lot of work done and, and consultation with the industry around uh, what the concept should be and what it should look like, and the different aspects of that, whether it be track size, training facilities, and the like. So, we're looking forward to pushing uh, that information out to industry as well, which will then start the next phase of, I guess, the consultation process, which is more the detailed design of the of the venue. But um, so, from that point of view, really, yeah, that project's moving moving ahead well, and, and we're looking forward to, as I said, submitting that MID application so that can get moving through government but completely understand that from an industry point of view, uh, the current uh, concerns with regard to where Albion is and, and how long a gap there potentially could be between uh, racing finishing and starting at normal So we're working with, uh, hard with government, um, certainly to to explain and outline that the you know, the industry needs a, a metropolitan facility. So I um, haven't got any update as to where that's at, but we're certainly mindful that the industry wants to know sooner rather than later. So we'll work as quickly as we can mm. with government to get that information out. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we've certainly are pushing on well and truly with Norwell and getting that project rolling as quickly as we can.
1: David and Chris, which brings me to the next question. How is grass racing accepted in the industry at this stage? I mean, I watch some of those races at Kilcoy on Sunday, and I think Favourites won the last four races, a bit of a a rough result in some of those races earlier, but Chris, participants in grass racing, say for example at Kilcoy on the weekend, I mean what's the feeling? Uh, First of all your thoughts Chris and I'd like to get David's thoughts on it as well.
2: Well I think the proof's in the pudding Steve, like they had uh, a full race card, full size field, so. Obviously, the uh, the participants uh, like it; they enjoy it because they support it. So, uh, every time Kilcoy uh, is scheduled to hold a race meeting, there's always good numbers, and that was clearly evident there again on the weekend. So, I don't think there's a major issue with it because uh, people are voting with their feet because they attend these race meetings. And uh, Sunday was another perfect example. David? Yeah. Look, I think
0: certainly it resonates with uh, with an area of the industry. I, I don't. Uh, we don't can see it's probably more that sort of uh, part-time um, hobbyist and probably a certain class, of course, that's, that trainers are willing to take there. Um, we haven't sort of seen an overabundance of our faster-class horses that go there and say that they don't necessarily or traditionally program races for that group of horse. But, yeah, there's certainly uh, an interest from, from an industry point of view in it and provides a, uh, a different element. Um, I guess there's, there's the other aspect to it from a wagering point of view. It certainly doesn't wager as well as what a traditional um, harness racing on, a, on a, uh, at a Redcliffe or an Albion or even a Marburg. So they're the aspects that we've got to weigh up as well. But... The at the same time, I think there's there's that balance of, yes, um, a, a section of
1: participants
0: uh, interested in it and, and enjoyed doing it, um, balance with, you know, the
1: uh, the commercial returns to the industry. Mm, Chris, how much for the grass racing in New Zealand? Of course, we see several meetings main, throughout the year over there, don't we, on the grass?
2: Yeah, more so on the South Island, Steve. Uh, Machu Carrara is known to host a, a fair bit of uh, grass track racing. I think uh, Methven, they do a fair bit of grass track racing at well, I think there was only the one track in the North Island that was doing the, the grass track racing. So it is fairly common in the South Island, uh, very similar in, in the North Island that they don't host it as, as often, uh, sort of similar to what we do here. But it is a lot more common over there compared to Australia. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. And uh, probably just one other point just probably worth making is one of the challenges with grass track is, is that at the time of the year that it can work, um, during summer months it can be a challenge because you, know, you can all of a sudden get a storm or two and, and understandably that the, uh, the club, because they've got uh, Thoroughbred Racing there as well, want to protect that, that asset so that's one of the challenges we do you do have to work around, particularly from a seasonal perspective.
2: Yeah. Just speaking of seasonal, uh, David, just on, on keeping the industry updated with what's happening with Norwell, we're about to start the breeding season. So by keeping the industry updated, uh, that may help as far as numbers are concerned, because I'm sure you've had feedback that, you know, certain breeders are, are downsizing because of the uncertainty. So if we keep the, the message uh, out there, it probably, you know, entices breeders to keep doing what they're doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the breeding industry has been fantastic. And- Queensland uh, from a harness code point of view in the last, well, forever that, particularly in the last three to four years, in terms of um, you know picking up, promoting our cubed aspect, uh, and then going out and with their feet and, and, and breeding, and we've seen significant increases in that. From you know it's almost a 150 uh, you know increase in fall crop, uh, which is fantastic over the last. Um, three to four years. So, um, yeah, know, that's an area in the industry that's critical. We need horse population and, and we'll continue to support them as we do through the q scheme. And I've spoken with a number of breeders and we've outlined some of their concerns around um, that uncertainty aspect. Uh, so, again, all I can say to, to them and the rest of the industry is we're working hard with government to, to limit any of that impact. And certainly on the other side, building a, uh, a really good facility that will uh, that sustain their investment
2: uh, into the long term as well. Excellent. I really appreciate the time this morning. Uh, we'll keep pushing the message. It's Monday week, September 25. That's deadline time to make sure your horse is nominated for the Inter-Dominion Series, both Pacers and Trotters, returning to Queensland for the first time since 2009, the first time since 2001 at Albion Park. David, we'll catch up soon. Thanks for your time, Christmas Day. There's David Abrick from Racing Queensland. So uh, important dates to keep an eye out for, uh, Steve. So it's uh, it's fast approaching, but good to see that there's noms already rolling in, and that's pleasing to see that there's some noms from some Perth trotters as well. Probably didn't expect that, like David said, but uh, happy to take them.
1: As long as he's there, Chris. uh, Leap to fame, 185 at the moment to win the final on the 16th of December. Be awful drinking a beer with his face with his body on it and you can't <laughs> see him <laughs> he'll be there oh, he'll thank, be there thankfully thankfully yeah he'll he, be he's, there. The, he's the big draw card uh, darren clayton is with us how are you darren
3: yeah well thanks steve well, if he's not there you won't be it won't be a larry lager will there'll be a, a bitter
1: very mm. very good what do you make of grass racing kilcoy you were to watch the action
3: there yeah from the speaking from the pocket i loved it it was a great day but uh, I think overall, it's it's a good day out. It certainly has its place with uh, up here in Queensland at the moment, but yeah, I, d- I don't think it's something that could be sustained longer term uh, in terms of a, of a, you know going on. I think New Zealand does it very well. Has a bit of a season, um, you know, a six-week period. Well, I think we could do the same sort of thing here. A few other tracks could get on board, and we have a sort of a, a grass track season, a bit like the Trot Rods, so to speak, where, you know, six weeks of different racing and um, and that be it. Kilcoy does it well. They, they've they had three meetings so far this year. They had one in February, one in April, and then the one on the weekend. So, um, you know, it's interspersed through the year at Kilcoy and the participants head there. Um, a bit like David mentioned, though, that there's certainly a certain... Um, Sort of level of horse that we see in action there. Sort of the the better and uh, faster horses certainly um, we haven't really seen on the grass. They they tend to stick to the to the main track.
1: And I heard the Sky Thoroughbred Central coverage, Chris. So uh, that that'll be good, won't it? We was used during the re- Eureka. And we've seen it during other um, yeah. special events as well. But you get that extended coverage on the Sky Network. It'll be fantastic.
2: Yeah, it's fantastic, as you said, uh, not only for harness racing, but uh, when the dogs have their big night as well, they get that extended coverage, and it's a a great opportunity just to, to sort of, you know, broaden it to different viewers. So, uh, no, very good. So looking forward to having that coverage during the Inter-Dominion Series again. I've got a question for Darren. As I said, there was 82 noms uh, by Pacers last year for the Melbourne Series, 69 trotters. What would you say would be... Uh, an adequate level for, for this year's series?
3: I think I think you nearly need to maintain the same level to say it's, you know, that we're doing well I don't think you want to be falling below that number regardless of, of sort of any, any set of circumstance, you know, we're I think, uh, you know, you want to be building on it. The prize money's there. The the format's there. There's no real change other than it's in Queensland. So, you know, I think we need to see the same level uh, of of nomination. Trotter's perhaps a little bit different to a certain extent, but... Um, Do we know, get 50? I'd like, I'd, I'd like to think that we... Easily get fifty in the paces in the first round of nominations. That is obviously they they fall away by the wayside over time because you've got to um, you know you got to you got to put your name in the hat to start with to to ensure that you're there. So um, yeah, I think I think if there's less than fifty in the first round of nominations, it'll be um, it'll be a, a little bit of a concern for sure.
2: Well, I was asking for fifty trotters. I'm certain we'll get more than 50 paces, but uh, I was thinking, we oh, okay. we get 50 so
3: trotters, trotters? Yeah, well, if we can get no, the trotting gate up here, I, I think it just depends how many trotters are prepared to travel. I think plenty of the locals would definitely, if it, it's not costing anything for the first round of nominations, there'll be plenty throwing their, their name in the hat to start with just to see what's actually in there. And then, um, you know, they, they either stay or go from there. But um, just believe he'll be good if he, if he does mm. come, I, was, uh, I thought he may may have been one that um, might not have been coming just purely off the off his preparation. He had to have that time in quarantine coming back from Sweden. So um, if he's there and ready and fit, that'll be really good. But, yeah, I... Yeah, definitely. Fifty trotters would be there. I thought you were saying fifty paces. I was you know, nearly gave me. We'll get more than fifty, 50
2: paces, but I think yeah. fifty trotters is a is a reasonable mark for us, given how many local trotters that we're going to have. And um, you know, there's there's talk that Muscle Mountain's going to be amongst nominations. The star Kiwi Trotter, of course, he's got to get through Cup Week over there, which includes the Dominion. Um, just believe as you said defending champ. I spoke with Peter Manning earlier the week in uh, Plymouth Chubb He's back in full work. So he said he's definitely going to be nominating So I think there's going to be some quality there, but I think if we can get 50 I think that's uh, that's more than a pass mark for Queensland.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah when they're, um They'll be limited to the to the 24 as well so you've of that you got sort of half you've got a, a good threshold there to in the in the cut to make so um, you know, it'll make, make positions well earned then as well, and should be a, a really good series. And uh, I like the idea of splitting the mile heats just up that one little bit further, just to yeah. give I, I think that's a good idea rather than trying to, um, you know, have capacity fields at the mile where we know it's just so hard to get into the race. So it gives all the horses a little bit more uh, chance to to earn valuable points in that first round because first round points we know in the in the traditional three round series is uh, is vital.
2: Mm, no, I think that's a good move, just going uh, with that uh, extra heat to sort of just accommodate for, for all there. So I think that's a really good move. Uh, speaking of trotters and speaking of local trotters, spoke with Taylor Gillespie yesterday, Majestic Lavros. Uh, everyone was sort of um, spruiking this guy following his trials. He didn't disappoint there on Saturday night, really sharp.
3: Yeah, he was he was sharp, really good last um, last eight hundred, last four hundred split too. He was um, you know fifty five point eight, twenty eight point one home for a trotter, um, fifty six and change for the the overall mile rate. Having his first start in Queensland, um, we know that they just improve um, once they get here as well after a few runs, just adjusting to the style of racing. So uh, I like the fact he's only you know he's not. Heavily raced either for a a trotter for his age. He's only had about the 50 start, around the 50 starts. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to see what he can achieve heading towards that carnival. And um, there's a couple of good trotting features too leading into the Inter-Dominion Series. So there's, I know Taylor mentioned that she, you know, perhaps needing to look to go to um, to to sort of ensure that he gets into the Series. Well couple of nice local features there uh, in early November so they got that option as well so um, be interesting to see how many if we get much interstate representation in those sort of early November features people looking to come up and just get acclimatized that little bit earlier as well Mm,
2: yeah, it's a, uh, another thing to keep an eye out for. So that's all in front of us. So the uh, the summer carnival officially kicks off early November. So we're uh, deep into spring by that stage. It's just sprung spring. But uh, November 4, that's when all the feature racing goes and it finishes right up on uh, December 23. So just prior to Christmas. So a lot to look forward to. We've got a 10 race program tonight at Reckliff, uh, Fine and good, no scratchings. First race kicks off at 5.22. Where do we find
3: your best bet? Yeah, well, a tricky night, I thought. Um, just looking at some of the prices, I thought there might be a few under the under the odds. But um, I'm very keen on race two, horse three, Riverina Flash. Uh, he's been placed second at his past two starts. He went to Albion Park last week. It was the 2,100-metre trip there, and he just got... Um, he just. Lost his momentum when he really needed to be starting to wind up. He was tucked away, and uh, he only finished two metres from the winner Vermont, who had all the momentum down the outside. He wasn't too well. He wasn't too far. He's well beaten, but he was the best of the chasing pack behind Kulan Kid, who's absolutely in great form at present, and the form out of his races has been holding up. Uh, and I just thought Riverina Flash finds a race here. He can tuck in close enough and be. Able to finish over the top race two, horse three, Riverina Flash.
2: All right, four dollars currently with tab fixed price, a dollar sixty for the plays. Uh, what else stands out for you tonight?
3: Yeah, another one, a little uh, race eight is horse four, call me Trish. Um, will be fitter from a first up run. Um, got sent to the breeze last time out and was still in for the fight only beaten 5 metres behind Roll Onyx, we've seen Roll Onyx come out and win again at the grass on Kilcoy he call me Trish, she doesn't meet too strong of a field here and um, certainly gets her opportunity to cash in, race 8 horse 4 call me Trish
2: 270 for call me Trish there in race 8, that's the last leg of the Quaddy as well speaking of the Quaddy have you got some numbers for us?
3: Yeah, I thought the first race was um, uh, two chances, two main chances. Oyster Stride He's in great form at present from gate two. Um, should be able to get forward. He's one two and been runner-up in the other of his last three starts. So uh, I thought he gets to the front and then under that scenario, the danger will be right on his back for Voe Major, uh, just waiting for his opportunity. So we'll go one and two in that first leg. The second leg... Um, I've got number two, Waitley, on top. I think back to a, a mobile start will certainly suit him. He's, uh, he went around in one of those Brisbane show finals last week off the back of competing through the through the show series. He gets back to the mobile, which should suit him. Heavenly Sea will follow him out. She'll be right thereabouts. And Western Showgirl, she lines up for her 100th start he was runner up behind Oyster Stride a couple of runs back. So um, we'll get a chance to see that form hold up. So I think um, 2, 8 and 9 in the second leg. The third leg, I've got number 5. May win a jug or two on top. He, uh, he hit the line strongly at Albion Park last week. Really powered home over the top of them. Uh, I think he gets a similar sort of set up here and uh, will be able to, to finish over the top again. Throw in number 2 circle line. He'll just keep whacking away. Number nine, Tommy Bly can certainly uh, feature. And number three, holding no currency. Um, not ideally suited at the 2100 at Albion Park last time. Still put in a good effort. So from gate three, he certainly gets his opportunity. So we'll go 2359 and bring it home in the last league. Happy to go one out with uh, Cormie who I think it's a good chance, uh, good bet in that race. Uh, if there is a danger, perhaps number nine, Purple Shades. But, yeah, f- number four, call me Trish to anchor at home. OK, so
2: that's one and two into two, eight, nine, into one... Uh, go again, into two, three, five, nine, and we bring it home with four. So one and two, two, eight, nine, two, three, five, nine, four only. So that's nice and easy tonight. Uh, what are we looking at there? $24. $24
3: for, yeah, for one, so you can play that how you your budget requires and uh, I think we go go pretty good there 10 horse, 10 races tonight Um, going back to one of your earlier points Chris I had a quick count I can see off uh, a quick run-through and I wouldn't be I'd only be one or two off I think 50 group one paces races in the 2023 season there you go Steve so 50 and how many trotters They'd be a little bit less than that because, but it'd be similar. So you'd be, we're probably looking at about the 80 80 to 90 mark, I would suggest, both gates. But paces, 50 in the 2023 season. Okay.
1: Did you expect more or less, Steve? Uh, I thought it'd be be about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. uh, Is that too many?
3: Well, the difference being, Steve, is that. in the the harness racing, it's graded by the money, not necessarily um, whereas... So you look at the Magic Millions, for example, they're not a Group 1 race because they're restricted, whereas our futurities are restricted to, you know, a set eligibility of horse, but they still hold Group 1 status. So you take all those futurities like Vic Breds, Q Breds, Breeders' Crowns, APG Series, those sorts of races out of it, well, then you're probably getting down to about the 2025 mark, probably even less. So um, it's just that those futurities hold Group 1 status because of the prize money on offer. Uh, Chris mentioned earlier the prize money has gone up. The threshold got uh, increased to 150000 to be a Group 1 uh, pacing race. So a lot of races that were Group 1 have fallen by the wayside, sort of Group 2 or Group 3 now, or they've had to, to stump up the extra money. Mm.
2: I've got a random question for both of you guys. I spoke with Gary Hall Jr. yesterday, uh, wanted to find out more about this uh, star three-year-old never-ending over there in Perth. Now, uh, it's, it's quite interesting, this one. So uh, this is just an opinion, so there's no right or wrong answer, but I'll, I'll pose it to both of you. Who will end up driving more Group 1 winners, speaking of Group 1 races, out of Gary Hall Jr., and Luke McCarthy. Because there's not a great deal between both guys. I think Luke's got 77 and Junior's got 73. So there's only four different. Um, who do you think will end up driving more Group How many
1: Group 1s one in WA a year?
2: Well, there's quite a few coming up, (laughs) so he's got a clear choice there with never-ending in the Derby. Uh, He'll be more than likely driving the favourite in the Oaks, uh, August Moon. So maybe there's two that he can pick up on Luke. Uh, He's got the pacing cup. He's got the nugget. Uh, There's a number of good options coming up there. But it's as I said, there's no right or wrong answer, but who do you think will end up driving more Group 1 winners out of... Luke McCarthy or Gary Hall Jr. They're third and fourth on the all-time list. I'd
1: only be guessing more Darren's cup of tea. I,
3: I'll go with with uh, Jr. I think Luke sort of scaled down his his drives to a certain extent. Um, he's got the stud business there with Cobby Equine Farms. He's got um, you know Jack Calligan certainly gets more opportunities within their stable at the moment. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go Jr. But um, they're both doing pretty well, so um, probably not a, a bad. Uh, you talk about crops of foals, or well, they're both pretty similar ages too. I think. Yeah. Junior. Junior's yeah, well, forty-one, juniors and, 41. Luke's, and Luke's forty. So um, between them, they're probably what about eight thousand, or just under, maybe seven thousand career wins, and um, one hundred and fifty group ones total. So does anyone go past Chris Alford? He's the I all-time leader. So. Mm. I don't think so. Uh, the way where he's got a, a big lead too. So um, I don't think at this point in time there'd be. I think it's a lot more spread spread around it than it. The opportunities to a certain degree now. So um, yeah, Puppet, he's 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 done well to to be out on top, and I don't think that'll be surpassed. Yeah.
2: 125 for a Puppet and uh, still going strong, fresh back from uh, North America. So a lot to look forward to there. And just uh, for those inquiring, uh, Nathan Dawson, 283. Gary Hall, Jr., next best, 187. So it's almost a lead of 100.
3: And, um, yeah, state-wise, what's he up to? 123 in the state premiership. So that's... Mm. Uh, his, his lead is more wins than the third place Angus Garrard's driven all season. So his lead's 123, third on the state premiership, Angus Garrard at 106.
2: Well, I think last week uh, with Nathan, from was it the Wednesday night where he had five?
3: Yeah, he drove five Wednesday night.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think I tallied 10 winners in three days for Nathan Dawson between Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, Friday, 10 winners. Yep,
3: yeah, and um, joined a, a pretty impressive list to have driven. Um, four, four winners, uh, five winners, four times in, in the same season. There's, it's, uh, there's not many on that list.
2: OK. Is there any other Queenslanders on that list?
3: No, no. He became the first to uh, get to... Um, uh, ..when he drove his last uh, book of five, he became the only driver, to, Queensland driver to drive five winners... At a card for three times in a season, he's pushed that out to four. So on that list, drivers that have had five or more winners in the at, at a meeting in the same season. So Chris Alford's at the top. He did it seven times in the 2017-2018 season. Lauren Tritton uh, got six in the 2014-2015. Junior did it tw- has done it twice, 2012-2013 and 2013-2014. And then Danny Hill and Nathan Dawson have both done it four four times. There you go, there you go. Well, Still three months or two and a half months to go, <laughs> or three yeah, So very- that he could get it up to five and then, yeah. Mm,
2: yeah, there's every chance, there's every chance. So we'll wait and see. Hey, Darren, appreciate the time. We'll chat again on Friday morning.
3: Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Steve.